Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's streetlights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia, the power behind your power. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, it's finally here. The draft is upon us. Yes, and maybe by the time some of you listen to this, the first round may have happened. But as we're recording, it is draft day eve. Happy draft day eve to you, Ryan. Yes, I, I it, you know, it, it's like Christmas. That's that's what you hear from, from everybody uh, in the industry and the uh, just fantasy players and and it's really that's really the case it's it's the best day for us and yeah uh, to finally get some of these questions answered and see what nfl teams really think of these players which obviously will tell us in in some part what we should think of these players it's going to be a great great weekend yeah it is my favorite three days of the year without question including the the live games just to tell you a quick little story i mean i've been a freak about this for a long time but if you remember, the draft wasn't always on a weekend. You know, they'd just do it on a random Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. And my, my, I used to, if I had a fever of 104, I was going to school. But my mom let me stay home for draft day every year. And it was like, it's been a holiday for me forever. When my wife met me, she figured out quickly that just don't bug Matt at all on draft weekend. I mean, just go go away for the weekend, go somewhere else. I mean, it's it's awesome. I used to not be able to sleep on draft day, but I've gotten better about that. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Obviously, I know we've got different perspectives here. You've you've been kind of on the inside, which uh, the majority of people are not as as fortunate to see that that end of it. But yeah, same thing. I think the the whole family knows just to just to leave me alone for that entire three days. Um, I'm skipping out on work on Friday just to nice. uh, to recover and, and kind of take it all in, do some writing, things like that. So uh, it, it'll be a great weekend for sure. Matt, today we are going to take some listener questions. We've had so many uh, awesome guests. I was just looking back at, at some of the folks we've had on in the past uh, six weeks or so. Matt Caraccio, Matt Harmon, Matt Waldman, a trio of draft experts there, all, all sharing your name. John Moore, Elliot Christ. Uh, and, and Graham Barfield most recently. So we've uh, we've taken all, all of that in. We are going to uh, today try to answer some questions. A lot of these are draft-related. Some folks just looking at their dynasty teams before the draft kicks off and, and trying to analyze and evaluate those. And as always, we'll get to as many as we can. We're going to kind of go rapid fire today. Uh, first one comes from Jimmy. Uh, One note, if you don't mind, Ryan, I I just want to let everyone know if they didn't listen to those last, what, five episodes or so, they've all been very draft centric, 
but they'll hold up after the draft too. Go back and listen to them. You may find your favorite team picked Anthony Miller and one of our guys loved them or something along those lines. It's not like they're garbage after the draft either. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's true of draft content. A lot of those guys, Waldman, of course, uh, and some of the other folks have draft guides that they've released. Those obviously still have a lot of value and, and potentially even more value after the draft. Just because we know landing spots doesn't mean we know it all. Take take all that sure. information in that you can. Matt, our first question comes from Jimmy. Uh, he wants to know about Alex Collins, a buy, a sell, or a hold pre-draft. We're running out of pre-draft. Um, <laughs> yeah, time's ticking. Alex Collins obviously had a, had a strong year for the Ravens last year, kind of out of nowhere. The Seahawks gave up on him uh, after just one year, and, and the Ravens scooped him up. Uh, we know the story there. Lots of running backs really kind of like their tight end situation. They've got lots of running backs. I'm not sure any of them are are great. And we can almost, I think it's safe to assume they're going to draft a running back this weekend. And and obviously in Colin's case, it just depends on, uh, on how high, what do you, what would you be doing with Collins? See, I disagree a little bit that, I think their offensive line needs a lot of work. I think their tight ends are really bad. I think another receiver's in the cards. But I think I would stick – I would just kind of hold at the running back position if I were them. Obviously, they still may take one. I mean, I just don't think it'll be a priority. So, therefore, I think the time to buy is these next, what, 28 hours. <laughs> you know, while, while – and t- you know, if, if the first couple of days of the draft go by and they didn't take one – I think his stock's going to go back up, especially if they're reinforcing their offensive line. I have a hunch they're going to be in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. So I would like to get a hold of him now. I think his stock's only going up, although I do like Kenneth Dixon still. And I don't know why I'm the only one, I think, but I still have faith in him. Yeah, you're, you're still a Dixon believer. Uh, what are you paying for Collins right now? Off the top of my head, two six. Okay. I think that would probably buy him. And, and I think that's, yeah. that's also a fair a fair value really for both sides. If, if you are worried that they drafted a day two running back uh, and, and want to get out of Collins, that's, that's a fair price. And if you're a buyer, that's, that's worth it to give up. I, I, I think right now the, the tier ends at 15 overall. So uh, anything after that would, would be pretty reasonable in my opinion. Yeah. And I bet people were dumping them. Oh yeah. Yep. For sure. Next question from Freakzilla. He says he's got a two quarterback league. That's your specialty. We're going to get you in one of those someday soon. Uh, yeah, maybe it's off season. <laughs> he said at wide receiver and tight end quarterbacks: Mariota, Stafford, Mahomes, and Trubisky. That's nice. Uh, best running backs: Mixon and McKinnon. And he's got the second pick: seven, eleven, and twelve, and thirteen. Should he go all running back or should he take a quarterback? So this is obviously just looking at a team. Strengths versus needs. He feels good at at all three positions: wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback, and has a need at at running back. So in that in that first round, where those picks are so valuable, regardless of the need on one of your teams, are you, are you drafting for need? Are you drafting best player available? How do you handle rookie drafts in general? In general, I do not draft for need. I mean, unless it's glaring unless I'm a contender and I need one thing and maybe I package picks to go get that or get a veteran that I trust. 
But generally, I think that's bad business. I mean, this isn't the NFL. You don't. You can be weak at left guard. You just need to score the most points. And if you have too many running backs and they are all hitting and you love them all, trade them. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, in in his specific situation, picks two, seven, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. I wouldn't avoid taking all running backs necessarily, but I think at a couple of those picks, likely the seven spot quarterback is going to be the best player available. And just because he has Mariota Stafford, Mahomes, Trubisky, I would not avoid taking Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold or Lamar Jackson if they fall to seven, because I know in in a two quarterback league, you can really never have enough of of those types of players. Um, So no, I wouldn't necessarily take all running backs. The strength of this class looks like it is going to be running backs in a two quarterback league. The quarterbacks are, are obviously carrying a lot of value in there as well. So um, yeah, just go best player available. And luckily in this case, his needs and the best player available probably are going to line up quite a bit. And my initial thoughts on this, and you're a lot more versed on multi quarterback leagues, but I would think it's seven or even maybe 11 you could get, you know, there might be a one of these top five or six quarterbacks, including Rudolph, that somebody wants. Maybe get a future first out of it. I mean, this guy's got five picks in the top thirteen. I wouldn't mind turning one of those into a future first, or you know, something down the road. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Also, next question: Chris says, jumping in a new dynasty startup league, uh, somewhat clueless on draft strategy on the initial draft. Any pointers would be helpful and appreciated. Uh, it's his first first ever dynasty league, so that's exciting. What advice are you giving Matt to a brand new dynasty player? Um, one thing I like to do often, which people don't usually think about if they're new, is trading down in the first round and really picking up a lot of equity in terms of second and third startup picks, um, future rookie picks. Really set yourself up so you're not all eggs in one basket. If Odell goes down like he did last year, then you're just cooked. You know, that I like to be a lot more diversified. And if that means lacking a little bit of star power, so be it. I like that. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say you want as many top 50 players as you can get. And Mm. and obviously, obviously the way it's set up, everybody would have what four of those in, in a typical league, I guess. But yeah, if you can move down, acquire extra second, third, fourth, fifth rounders, that that would be a strategy for me. It's all about all about value and, and understanding the value. So, I mean, all of our listeners know I'm I'm a fan and a believer in Dynasty ADP and and the information that we can get from that. So, I would uh, before I start my new Dynasty draft, I would get my hands on that Dynasty ADP and know it inside and out and have a good feel for what these players really are worth. And, and you're going to make a lot of picks. I mean, there's going to be a lot of action. This is a long process. And one thing I recommend just as a, so you enjoy it. And from a value standpoint, if you're sitting there on the clock in the seventh round and you're like, I don't really like any of these guys trade out, you know, don't take someone you don't like. Yeah. And there's, there are several spots that feel like that, you know, several of those dead spots in, in a draft and, <laughs> Again, knowing that ADP, knowing that you're going to pick one of these guys in that range ahead of time, it's going to tell you if you should be trading up or trading down. Yes, agreed. Next question from Mike. Is there a landing spot that could make Michelle, Chubb, or any other running back the consensus 1.02 over Darius Geis? 
Um, I, I think, yeah, I think there's there's several actually. When you look at at landing spots and uh, t- yeah, Tampa obviously is a good one. Uh, the Giants have been linked to a running back, whether it's Barkley at the two spot or or maybe they wait until the second second round or beyond. The Broncos need a running back, certainly. Yeah. Especially if they go Nelson in round one, then add Chubb in round two. That wouldn't be so bad. Right. Detroit, I, I think there are several. And, and I guess it comes down to how close you you value Geis, Michelle, Chubb, Penny pre-draft. If you see a big gap between Geis and the rest, then then maybe your answer would be no. I don't see I that. I personally don't. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Especially with Chubb. I, I I think landing spots could really make a difference moving moving Chubb up to that two spot. Do you think Indy's a good spot though? I mean, I think immediately you'd walk into number one running back status, but you're probably on a pretty bad team for a while without great blocking. On on the Colts? On the Colts. Um I mean, just opportunity wise, I think it's a good spot that, you know, we mm-hmm. learned last year with Samaj P. Ryan to be careful with that. Um, I mean, he was, he was the top running what back. About Washington. Yeah. yeah. I, I've heard, you know, and, and not, I don't have any sources, but I've, I've seen things reported that, that they're actually going to give P. Ryan Thompson Kelly another year, which is kind of surprising. It, it seems like they're just, maybe one year ahead of, of the lions plan where the lions are finally figuring out these guys, these guys aren't going to be difference aren't makers. Enough, right? Yeah. They're just not good enough. So maybe that's the case. Maybe I've also seen them projected to take guys in the first round, the red, the, the, red, Redskins. the red, the Redskins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I kind of look at them and think almost best defensive player available. If there's a Vita Vea there, I think they jump there. But if it is kind of no man's land or somebody trades up there to get a quarterback and they move back five spots, maybe. But I tend and I don't love their backs. I like the the Ravens backs more than I like the Redskins backs. But I would kind of probably take them the same approach of let's give this one more year with what we have, address address other needs, live with this crew, and then see what we have a year from now. Next question from Brent. This is short and sweet. Keenan Allen or Devonte Adams in a full PPR league? Who do you have? Really close. I mean, I, I could really make an argument for both. I have Allen as my sixth receiver and Devonte Adams as my nine. That makes it sound like there's a cavern between them. But mine goes Allen, Julio, AJ Adams. And really, I can make a case for all four of those. And, and Amari Cooper's 10. Yeah, I actually just uh, updated my wide receiver rankings as well. That was that was long overdue. I have I have them right beside each other. I have Adam six See. and Keenan Allen seven. So you'd rather both than Julio and AJ. Yes. Yeah. And Amari's after those guys too. Yeah. Yeah. As, as uh, Cooper, I have nine right now. Okay. So. so I assume your top five are the same as mine in some order: Odell, Hopkins, Brown, Evans, Thomas. Uh, yes. Yeah. I have Hopkins, Beckham, Thomas Evans, and then Brown. And, and obviously that's, that's just an age thing, four or five years difference between Brown and and the other guys. Uh, and, and certainly not a knock on him. I'd be glad to have him on, on every roster. Sure. You know what else I'm glad to have our friends, Harry's as a sponsor, they've been really good to us and they've been really good to me. 
because I've been a user um, now for probably close to five years. And I've told all of you about this many times. Um, and a, another podcast I used to do at ESPN picked up Harry's as a sponsor. And I was always an electric razor guy. And I'm like, well, they're sending me free blades. I'll give it a shot. And boom, I was hooked. They were, they're that good. I mean, they, they have absolutely wonderful blades and I had sensitive skin and I don't have that problem anymore with these guys. And so I very much am very happy about that. You got to go to harrys.com slash dynasty to check it out. And we have a, uh, a special, special deal for our listeners, harrys.com slash dynasty. I'll tell you about that in a minute, a little trial offer for you. But their founders were, were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. So they cut it, you know, just kind of went straight to the chase and knew that a great shave came down to great blades made with sharp, durable steel that lasts. That's why they bought a factory that's been making some of the highest quality blades in the world now for over over 95 years. So by selling directly to you over the Internet, you don't play, pay four or five bucks a blade like you probably are now. It's just two bucks a blade. And again, harrys.com slash dynasty. Uh, we have a quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days, and they'll give you a full refund. Pretty nice of them. So here's what happens. You get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. You got a weighted, wonderful blade that or handle that I love. Five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel and a blade cover. So this is what you do. Listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support the show. Our next question comes from Big Shep. He wants to know what quarterback not in the top five will be the one you want to draft. Um, so I'm going to assume he's talking rookies with those rookies with the big five that uh, are expected to go in the first round, obviously Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen, all first rounders. Uh, Mason Rudolph has also been getting a little first round buzz as of late. We'll see if teams start chasing quarterback at the end of the first round uh, and maybe go after him. And then some of the others that are likely uh, second or third Round picks, Mike White from Western Kentucky, Luke Falk possibly, uh, Kyle Laletta uh, seems seems destined to become a New England Patriot. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, any of those guys you would be interested in in general? Well, I just want to put this out there to our listeners because I've been kicking it around for a long time. And this isn't dynasty related. This is real world related. My quarterback list goes, and I, I think I'm the only one I've seen do this, Lamar Jackson, number one. Uh, in the real world, that's who I would take. In Dynasty, that's who I would take. Then I go Rosen, Darnold, Mayfield, Allen. And then I think Rudolph kind of stands alone. You know, those big five are the same five for me, and I probably have a different order than most people. But I think Rudolph stands alone. I could very well see him turning into a starting quarterback rather soon and maybe like the 20th best quarterback in the league for the last next eight years or so. Other than that, I'm not really enamored with any of them. You mentioned Laletta. He would be next on my list, especially if he ended up in new England. So with Rudolph, I think obviously Rudolph and Laletta would be targets in, uh, in a super flex league, probably that mid to late second round range. Uh, but in a one quarterback league, is is Rudolph a guy you want to use the roster spot on? Mm, borderline. 
I mean, I think he's going to go in the top 50 picks. And I think he could go to as early. I think his best case scenario would be 31 to the Patriots. I'm talking about him as how early could he possibly go. But more likely, I'm thinking he's a Cardinal, a Bill, a Dolphin in the second round if they don't get one of these, quote, big five. Yeah, I think I think you'll see some opportunity just because there's yeah. so many teams. There's so many teams that need a quarterback. Um, some with an immediate need, and some who are maybe a year away from having an immediate need. Uh, the Giants and Chargers, Patriots, Saints. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Next question from ooh from Busquet. He says he built his team around wide receivers. We like that. He's got Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Chris Hogan. I don't, I don't know if he belongs in that conversation, but right. <laughs> he says, he says, says oppor- hmm. yeah, opportunity may have come to move one of them for Ezekiel Elliott. Do you see a big difference between Thomas and Adams value and dynasty? Um, so he can trade. Sounds like either trade Thomas, Hogan for him. Yeah, if, if Hogan's in that group, sure. <laughs> he can trade Thomas or Adams for Zeke, potentially. Uh, big gap between Thomas and Adams in your mind? No, you know, we we kind of just went over this. We yeah. both had Thomas at five, and Adams was six for you, and he was nine for me, but really was he could have been just as easily six. No, I'd move one of those two for Zeke and maybe try to pick up a second-round pick in the process, something like that. I mean, this dude's got four of the top six or seven wide receivers in Dynasty. Pretty strong. Yeah, it's it's a nice place to be. Would so, but you would prefer to move Adams over Thomas. Yeah, but not yeah. by leaps and bounds. Right. Yes. Yeah. Get get that deal done. Would Teams. you throw something in? Would you throw in a two six with Adams to get Zeke? No, 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 no. No, you I would try. You would ask for something. I think you could ask for something for Thomas. I think yeah. you could get back something else with Thomas potentially. I think you might have to add something with Adams, but I wouldn't be Close. too eager. Yeah. I wouldn't be eager to do that. Next question from Shane. He's in a 12 team standard dynasty. Uh is another Alex Collins question. Is Alex Collins and Corey Coleman enough for Des Bryant? Um probably not. I don't, know. I don't think yeah. so. I mean, I've uh, Des Des's value is obviously down. Uh, there was a report today that he turned down a long-term deal mm-hmm. from the Ravens. Uh, so he's, he's according to Ian Rappaport, he's looking for a one-year kind of prove-it deal. We saw that work well for Alshon Jeffrey a year ago. We saw it not work so well for Terrell Pryor a year ago. Um, obviously, Dez is not in that Terrell Pryor range. He's more in the, in the Alshon uh, category as far as a receiver. Um, I mean, Collins and Coleman, their, their value is both down. Both of their values are down as well. And if I have yeah. Des, I don't, first of all, I don't want to panic sell. And if I do, I'm, I'm looking for probably a late first rounder. And yeah, I don't, I don't think Collins and Coco are, are enough for, uh, for Des. Do you? Probably not. And the only way this deal even gets brought up is if the Des owner's rebuilding. You know, then he's listening. Like, give me some youth. I'll get rid of him now. I know his value's down. But people aren't just going to give away Des Bryant. And I don't think he's a very good player anymore. But we just said, I just said I'd probably give two six for Alex Collins in that neighborhood. 
if you think Dez is worth 112, I don't think Coleman makes up that gap enough, but it's not cavernous again. Coleman's really down though. Yeah, Col- Coleman is down for sure. He he might be a nice buy, but I've Yeah. I was already worried about the injuries and then they then they started adding pieces. Uh, I wonder if he gets traded this weekend too. Yeah, I I've, I've seen some of that some of those reports out there as well. Uh, we talked about Kenyon Drake a little bit last week, and I thought we almost had a trade worked out, Matt. Uh, Falco wants to know what you're doing with Kenyon Drake. He looked dynamic last year, but Miami added Gore, rumored to take a running back, uh, also rumored to be interested in C.J. Anderson. They seem to see him as a limited-touch guy. What's his trade value? We almost had a trade of Kenyon Drake for the 1-9, I think. We weren't as close as you think. So, I mean, you offer, <laughs> you offered me Drake for my one nine and I didn't immediately say no. I thought about it and I do think that's reasonably fair and that's a good jumping off point for Falco here. Mm-hmm. But my, my sticking point was I thought they, I think they've been so linked to CJ Anderson over the last two years. And I think Anderson has a lot left that I bet they end up with them. Yeah. We also had a report today that the, that there's up to eight teams interested in Anderson, which I don't know if that was his mom or his agent releasing that news. I was, I was really surprised to see that he obviously has been linked uh, over the past two or three years with the Dolphins. So that, that would make sense if he ends up there. Um, As far as as we mentioned though, for Chubb, Michelle, Geis, Barkley, not all of them are going to get one of those four, you know, right. Tampa, Indianapolis, Detroit, yada, yada, yada. If Anderson fell into T-Bay without a rookie in the first couple days there, that might be, he might have a really nice year. Yeah. I know uh, that's all what they're asking, but. Well, I think, well, let's, let's do this then. Would you rather have right now CJ Anderson or Kenyon Drake? Drake. I do think Drake's a legit player. I didn't like him at all. Yeah. coming out of Bama. But I was very impressed with his play last year. I'm I'm on board. So let me ask you this: If I would have had one nine and one twelve, you offer me Drake for one nine, would you have done it for one twelve? Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay, so okay, so you take any first for him. Send me a counter. Yes, yeah, I would. I mean, if you look at the end of the first, you've got St. Brown, you've got um, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Carry uh, on Johnson. Uh, guys like that, guys, guys that'd probably rather take a chance on than Drake at this point. Um, but I mean, you'd take it, a 19 first for him. Yeah. 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 So send that over. All right. Yeah, I don't think I will, but <laughs> <laughs> so that's the value of Drake. And really, if Miami does nothing, I think their line's better. I think Tannehill's going to be back. He could still have a very big year. I don't think it's like dump Drake at all costs. Oh, no, no, I don't either. I, I think. Yeah, even if even if they take a rookie, even if Anderson ends up there, I think um, Drake still has some value. It probably moves down into that mid second round range that we were talking about mm-hmm. with with Collins. But um, they might do nothing at running back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they have Gore. Yeah, I, I mean, I wonder if Gore. Do you do you feel like Gore is a lock to make that you know week one roster? I assume, but. I mean, it doesn't help on special teams. If he's your third running back all of a sudden, maybe that's not a lock. Next question comes from Keegan. Which second and third round rookie is most likely to see their stock crumble post-draft 
a la Kieris Garrett. Ah, oh, yes. Kieris Garrett. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we thought he was going to be great. There's, I mean, there's a couple of these guys every year that are being drafted in the second and third round of pre-draft mocks or, or actual rookie drafts. There's, there's a few leagues out there that have already held their, their uh, rookie draft prior to the NFL draft. And, uh, and there's these traps every single year. Anyone coming to mind uh, off the top? Yeah. of your head? I have a top 50 list at williamsonfootball.com and I'm sitting here looking at it and, if I knew that answer, I wouldn't have them in the second or third round. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean sure. Well, I'm, I'm uh, looking. I'm looking at the DLF rookie ADP, uh, which is from earlier this month. Uh, I mean, Antonio Callaway is the guy you have to look at. He's been going in the second, yeah. second, third round, and the past but two it, weeks, it's only been bad news for him. A recent report that he failed the drug test at the combine. Um, a, a report. But if of, he's a but if he's a sixth round pick in the NFL, you know why? It doesn't mean he can't play. Right. So is kind of like Mixon, you know? Well, Mixon was a second rounder though. Well, that's what I mean, but he would have gone in the top ten. You know, I mean, if Callaway falls, you know why. It's not like he because he's got a bad knee or see, that's what I was kind of thinking along the lines of is somebody has a medical that we don't know about falls and nobody wants him. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, I could see maybe Josh Adams being that guy. He's being drafted in the third Mm -hmm. round, uh, running back from Notre Dame. Uh, Just Again, just looking at the list here. Um, Like you said. Lasley is supposedly a a character guy too. Yeah, Lasley's a little bit lower, um, 42 overall in in our ADP right now, but he could could fall. I mean, a lot of these guys that have become – household names to dynasty players who are uh, getting ready for rookie drafts and listening to shows and reading draft guides. We read and listen and learn so much about these players that they feel like established dynasty assets already. And then they go undrafted, you know, right. uh, uh, yeah. Zamora was the kid last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. Yeah. And you know, he, he ended up being an undrafted free agent and, and never really, never really locked on and people were taking him in the second round of, of rookie drafts pre-draft. So, they were this time. Yes. Either. Yep. Okay. Yep. So there, there will be uh there will be a couple of those guys. I wish I knew exactly who they would be or who, who they will be. Next question. We've, this is kind of a theme today with Devonte Adams question from Drago, Julio or Devonte Adams. It's Adams for me. And yeah, they're the same to me. I mean, again, we covered this, I had Allen at six, Julio at seven, Green at eight, Adams at nine. But I really do think Adams could just as easily be at seven. You know, I, I just think Julio and AJ still have a lot of a lot of value, but the age difference is noticeable, obviously. Right. Question from Corey. What's what's the point in the first round of rookie drafts where you'd take a 19 first straight up? Hmm. So again, I've got a rookie ADP here. I'll just run through the top 12 since he was asking about the first round. Barkley, Geis, Chubb, Michelle, Penny, Uh-oh. Sutton, Ronald Jones at seven. We, we've talked, we don't think that will hold. Uh, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, James Washington, Royce Freeman, and 12 is Christian Kirk. I'm not sure I get to that point this year, honestly. I mean, looking at the end of the first round, I, I like Washington a lot. I like Christian Kirk. I like St. Brown a lot. I like John Kelly. 
any of those guys late in the first, I'm glad to take. So I think if somebody's coming to me and they want that pick offering a 2019 first, I need something else in return. Yeah. And my tune very well might change two days from now. If you know, Kelly's on a team where he's going to fight to be the number two or I don't love Penny. I have Penny as my ninth rookie. Um, would I rather have Penny or a first round pick a year from now? I guess still Penny, but I'm with you. I mean, like to me, Kirk Sutton, St. Brown are all about the same and they're, I'd probably rather have all those than a, a future first. Next question from Michael is along the same lines. 2019 class is so strong at wide receiver. Some say it, it is, is it deep enough to trade your late 2018 first back a year? Would you pull 2019 first forward and move up into the 2018 top four? It changes things. If you know, this team stinks, it's offered you the first. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, in general, I would be hesitant to move my 2019 first, uh, especially if I, if I thought my team were, uh, we're going to struggle next year. Um, I, I am like we always are. I'm excited about this 2019 class, especially at wide receiver. I've said before, I think on here, and I know I've said it on Twitter, I think 2019 wide receiver is going to be 2014 wide receiver all over again. So clearly I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I want as many of those picks as I can. With that said, like we just talked about with, with Corey's question, I don't think I'm giving up any of these guys for a random 2019 first. If I can get one that looks like it's top five, then that's a different story. Yeah, well said. Although I've noticed my trades, I'm picking up 19 firsts, much, and I'm not giving them up, period. Like, If that's part of the trade, no, I'm not interested. I'm keeping that pick, and I'm adding to them, even if it's costing me this year. So... In the end, I might rather have an anonymous 2019 first than 110 or so this year, the more I think about it. Okay. And you might be able to get a little something extra too, you know, throw in a player. And I will, uh, as as part of my draft uh, coverage for DLF this year, I will be writing a 2019 rookie mock. So looking, oh, fun. looking ahead a year and, and trying to see who those uh, – who those top 12 rookies might be. And who's one, one, is there clearly a one, one it's Nikhil Harry right now, Arizona state okay. wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, that's pretty, pretty well locked in right now. Um, clearly tons of time to, to change. There's a handful of wide receivers after him that are also super talented, a couple of running backs that are interesting, but I think right now it's, it's it, most people would agree that, that he's the favorite. And just to put in the context, 365 days ago, Barkley and Geis were were one and two, right? I mean, and and there was an argument for both. Yeah, I actually write this article every year. Last year, at this uh, at this time, post draft, looking ahead to the 2018 class, Barkley was projected to be the one one. Darius Geis was one two. Uh, we've had some shakeup after that, which is to be expected considering how close that tier is really from from three to eight or nine right now but at that point i had Cortland sutton at one three saint brown one four chubb one five christian kirk one six ridley one seven hmm. so all of those guys have have held their value relatively well uh, all are still 
expected to be first rounders. Maybe St. Brown is uh, kind of on the borderline there. Uh, after that, Bo Scarborough. Years, it doesn't hold up as well as it did this year. Uh, it's usually a, a, about the same, around two thirds or so. Okay. And, and and sometimes those players don't even declare. Uh, so it just it just depends. Uh, but right. uh, Scarborough was eight. Kalen Balage nine. Ronald Jones ten. James Washington, Alden Tate were the the rest of the first round. So you see the some of the misses there. Balage, Scarborough, Tate. Those guys are not going to be first round rookie picks, but yeah, a year out in, in the past few years, it's, it's, we, we've had a pretty good idea of who the one, 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 two is, is going to be. Yeah. It's, it, it surprises me how accurate it is, but I guess studs are easy to pick up. You know I mean? If somebody looks like Calvin Johnson, it's not hard to pick the, you know, or Andre Johnson that, yeah, he's probably gonna be a pretty high pick in dynasty next year. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get to one more question here. We'll finish up with Dylan. He says, "What should I expect for Josh Gordon in a trade as a baseline, a first, a second, etc.? Uh, I think he's definitely worth the first round rookie pick. Um, yes, probably, probably one in that range of the guys we've been talking about: Chubb, Michelle, Penny, DJ Moore. He's, he, I mean, he's going to be worth a mid first at least. I think. All right, I'm going to spit stuff at you. You get to pick either one five in this draft, Corey Davis or Josh Gordon. Uh, Corey Davis. Okay. I have Gordon ranked slightly ahead of Davis on my receiver ranks. How about Cooks or Thielen? Cooks. Versus, are we, are we saying versus Gordon? Versus Gordon. Versus yeah. Gordon, yes. Yeah. Um, so again, like you, I just updated my wide receiver rankings. I've got Cooks at 14. Thielen at 17, Corey Davis 19, and Josh Gordon 23. Hmm. We're very close with all those, except I have Gordon at 17. So I have him ahead of guys like Thielen, Davis, Baldwin, your boy Juju, Sammy, Landry. But he's scary. I mean, I'd gladly get, I'd rather have him than any receiver in this class. That puts it into context for, you know, what would you give up when the rookie draft starts rolling along? Yeah, so you're talking a, a minimum of one six there, then. Right. That, that's why I mentioned one five. Yeah. I'd rather have yeah. those top four backs, and I'd probably rather have Gordon than one five. That makes sense. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for the questions. Great as always. We appreciate your uh, your participation and appreciate you appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint, and we'll be talking NFL Draft. 